0: Welcome back to the island. A lot of ball to talk about on this episode. It felt like just yesterday that we were wrapping up the NBA finals. And here we are today on opening night as we will preview the 2021-2022 NBA season. We will break down our predictions for who we think are going to be the top eight teams in each conference. As well as who we think is going to be in the play-in tournament conversation. We'll also take a look at our early mvp award and the rest of the award candidates for this season and go over a few headlines as well with ben simmons and all that stuff and then of course we will also recap week six in the national football league and look ahead to week seven's matchup to some big ones going on tennessee beating buffalo the dallas cowboys moving to five and one after a wild win over the patriots we'll break it all down on this episode and of course don't forget to give us a follow on instagram and twitter for more f- sports news and analysis. Welcome back to the island, friends. We got not just football to talk about, but the NBA is back just like that. I feel like the finals were just yesterday, and here we are on opening night of the NBA season. Two games start tonight. The defending champion, Bucks will take on the Nets, and then later on out west, Steph Curry and the Warriors will take on LeBron. And his 2008 All-Star team, Los Angeles Lakers, will go and play later on tonight. Jay Sohota, Bilal Lahi, a lot to talk about. A lot of great NFL on the weekend. And then we will look ahead and preview to the NBA season for the 2021-2022 season. B, what's going on? What's cooking?
1: Another crazy weekend, man. Big dogs turned, what, 35, 36 this weekend?
0: Ah, very, very funny. I turned 22. And speaking of that, I'd like to shout out the New York Giants and the Cleveland Browns for absolutely positively nothing as not only was it my birthday, but my 49ers were on a bye week and needed some help sitting at 2-3 and in last place. And the Giants and Browns got absolutely killed. So thanks for nothing. However, I'd like a big shout out to TJ Watt. That's my guy. He came back out. He's been injured last few games, got a big time sack on Geno Smith. So shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers for getting that done. So now the Niners are no longer in last place. So had to get that one out of the way. Um, but let's 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 get it rolling with week six. There was some crazy headlines, and I think the best way to start it, I mean, we could start it two ways. Last night's game was insane out in Tennessee between the Titans and Bills going for it on fourth down. Let's let's start there. Let's start there. Tennessee took t- took on Buffalo 34-31. The good Tennessee Titans showed up. Again, I've been saying this for the last few weeks. The Tennessee Titans are just day and night. They show up. They beat the Red Hot Bills 34 31. I want to roll to the fourth quarter. What were your what, what were your thoughts and takes from Sean McDermott going for it on fourth and one late in that game?
1: I mean, I like it, man. You have to. Like you got I I was I keep saying this every week. I feel like you gotta put the hand the ball in their hands of your best player let him make a play. Just didn't happen, man. It just didn't happen. I can't fault him for doing that. I thought Buffalo was actually going to steamroll Tennessee. Very impressed with Tennessee here. Um, not too much of a, a takeaway from Buffalo's side. I still think Buffalo's the, the best team in the AFC right now. Tennessee still think they're going to win their division right now. So this game was, wasn't too crazy for me, you know, going along the season, though.
0: No, that's totally fair. I feel the same way. I'm not taking too much into consideration when looking at both teams. I thought it was a very entertaining game, playoff-like game on that note. But if I'm looking at, if I'm taking this anything away for Buffalo or Tennessee, I'm not really taking away anything. I'm the same with you. I think Buffalo's still the favorite and the best team in the AFC. They played a great game. Their defense struggled a little bit. And the Tennessee Titans are not a bad football team. They were a good football team. They can have these games where they can compete with the best teams in the league. And then they have weeks where they get, you know, creamed by the New York Jets. The problem with the Tennessee Titans is I just can't take them seriously. That's the only thing with them. They're a good football team. They have the talent to be successful and be one of the better teams in the AFC, let alone the NFL. But I just can't take them seriously because one week they're beating the Bills and then next week they're losing to the Jets. So that's my only thing with Tennessee. Derrick Henry was once again sensational, 143 yards, three touchdowns. The Bills' defense had no answers for him whatsoever. And I'm with you. I don't blame Sean McDermott at all. Fourth and one, you got Josh Allen, one of, if not the most dynamic quarterback in the National Football League, on fourth and one with the game on the line. I was sure, why not? Go for it. I don't blame him at all. And if I see any slack, which I haven't really, I would be like, no, I don't think there's anything to... Take away, be aggressive. You're on the road in prime time. You're trying to get to five and one. And, you know, it is what it is. And all of a sudden, the Baltimore Ravens are the top seed in the AFC. Let's roll to Baltimore now. They took on the Chargers in the early slate. I think you and I and many others thought this was going to be the best game of the day. And it was an absolute disaster. The Baltimore Ravens steamrolled the Chargers 34 to 6. This was not even a contest at any point in time. What were your takeaways from this one?
1: Well, the one thing I was saying last week was um, Chargers looked a little susceptible to the run, right? Granted, they were playing Cleveland, but it still felt like Cleveland was getting anything they wanted, six yards of carry almost. Now you play Baltimore, same deal. They got killed on the run. So those might be the two best running teams in the league. They got killed both times. So it looks like run defense is an issue, but Again, those are two of the top teams on the ground. Uh, I think it was a good uh, humbling experience for the Chargers. They were riding a little too high, too much, you know, inexperience on that roster to be soaring that high. Come down, back down to earth for one game. I still think they're they're fine though.
0: I I think the Chargers are fine. I mean, I think they needed a game like that. They're still very young. I think people were getting a little too ahead of themselves in terms of I guess they're four and one or whatever, but. Don't worry, this is only Justin Herbert's second year. I know he acts like he's in his eighth year because he's that good. But the Chargers definitely needed a game like this. But Baltimore just continues to roll. And it's not even like when you look at the stats, it's not like they dominated this game. The Chargers just struggled. I mean, they had 26 total rushing yards. 26, that's it. They were not able to run the football at all. Baltimore's defense was fantastic. And Lamar just did what Lamar does. He... 167 passing yards, 51 on the ground. Devontae Freeman got going. Latavius Murray had a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell had a touchdown. All the scrubs who were like in their ninth and 10th year that the Ravens picked up are scoring touchdowns now in their backfield. So I don't know how Baltimore's doing it, but they're doing it. And I remember before the season started, I said, I didn't pick Baltimore to make the playoffs, but I had them at 10 and 7 right in the thick of things for one reason. And that's John Harbaugh. And he's looking like the coach of the year candidate right now. He well, has got this team firing on all on all cylinders.
1: And and it felt like half of this, the reason, I mean, Brandon Staley has been praised for his aggressive play con this whole year, going for it on fourth and nine, going for it on just regular fourth downs. And it, it bit him in the ass this week. Still, I mean, if you're four and two, you know, it works more than it has not so far, but. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that can go wrong if it's not your day, just
0: by going for that those fourth downs on on that aggressive style. Yeah, and you know what, Brandon Staley has done a, a very very good job so far in his first six games. But uh, you know, when your first year as a head coach, you're gonna have games like this, and you're gonna get humbled by a guy like John Harbaugh, who's been doing this forever, an experienced coach, and. Things like that are going to happen, but you don't go for it on fourth and whatever it was on your own 19-yard line against Lamar Jackson. You do not do that. That's not playoff football. Having said that, you're learning that in week six. That is something you'll learn when you get your chance in January. So I'm not taking too much into the Chargers. I think way more in the Ravens, man. This the this Ravens team just continues to impress week and week out. It's it's really impressive. And at the moment, they're the number one seed in the AFC. so... I got I to gotta give them my credit where it's due. Baltimore just keeps, they keep doing it every single week. It's, it's very impressive. They got a big one against the Bengals on Sunday. Steelers Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. Russell Wilson missed his first game ever of being the Seattle Seahawks quarterback. So it's Geno Smith at the helm. Turned out to be a pretty decent ending. I mean, the first half was just a slugfest. It was like 17 to nothing or 17 to three, something like that. Seahawks came back, but the Steelers ended up edging them out in overtime. I will say this. I don't want, I don't have too much takeaway from this game, but I do want to say this. I mentioned TJ Watt at the top of the episode, but I got to tell you, he is the most important player on the Pittsburgh Steelers team. They look like shit without TJ Watt. They beat Buffalo. People have been saying, how the hell did the Steelers beat Buffalo? The Steelers aren't that good and blah, blah, blah. They had a healthy defense. TJ Watt is that impact player for this defense, and they look significantly better this is the Steelers formula now we all know Big Ben doesn't have it anymore and whatever he has left in him, 23 points is exactly what you need to win if your defense can do what they do st- hold your opponent to about 17 to 20 points let Big Ben do what he can to dr- you know, get in the field goal range and let Chris Boswell be your leading scorer you're in business, that's the way the Pittsburgh Steelers have to win now and that was a good example on Sunday night
1: yeah, you're absolutely dead on, man. TJ Watt makes a world of difference. Like it's for somebody to impact that for a team to look that different week to week from a defensive player is just like ridiculous. Like he is that good. Um, they're not dead yet. I mean, a lot of people wrote them off, you know, because Big Ben looks like a corpse, and it's a lot of people write them off. But it's the Steelers, man. You can't write that team off until they're dead. Mike Tomlin, you're talking about John Harbaugh being here day in, day out. Same thing. That's the same reason why I had, this, I had the Steelers in the playoffs because Mike Tomlin is just as good.
0: Yeah, no, I, no doubt. And that's what I'm saying. The Steelers' defense, if they can stay healthy and they play like that and Big Ben's not throwing the ball 60,000 times a game, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a good football team. They're going to be physical, they're going to be aggressive, and they're going to punch you in the mouth. But if they're not healthy on defense and they're getting behind early and Big Ben's throwing the ball 60 times a game, that's a recipe for disaster at this point in his career. That's what I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. For Seattle, it's a tough loss. It's a gritty loss. I do respect the fact that they were in that game even without Russell Wilson. Geno Smith went out there, made a crucial mistake. I wouldn't even say he made a crucial mistake. T.J. Watt just made an incredible play. So... Seahawks dropped a 2-4 and four and they're now in last place. Steelers. Uh, I feel
1: bad for Russ, though. You see him, like, yeah. doing the fake yeah. huddle and everything. Like, he's never been through this before. Yeah, like, no, You must be he, killing him, like...
0: Yeah, Ru- Russell wasn't going to do whatever he can to get up, to get back as soon as... Like, as soon as he's eligible, he is going to try and give it a shot in practice. I know he will. I don't think he'll be out for too much longer um, there. But yeah, it, it was weird. I mean, as much as for a Niners fan, it's like, oh my god, Russell wasn't on the bench? The dream come true. But like, it was weird. I'm like, this is doesn't seem right. <laughs> like him on the sidelines, not suited up. It was just weird. But Seattle still put up a good fight. So I think you know the, the culture's still there on that part. The Dallas Cowboys and your New England Patriots. My God, what a ball game this was.
1: hmm And you finally got to witness a Patriots game and what Patriots fans have been calling with the play calling all year. Um, it wasn't until late when they let Mac loose a little bit. Um he's just he I feel like the Patriots are the best when it's just let Mac do his thing, let him cook. Took a crazy hit. The fact that he was able to still, you know, ball out after that hit was is impressive. I mean the Patriots are just a team that all right, you're not gonna blow out the the Jets, you're not gonna blow out Houston, but then you're not gonna get blown out by Dallas, you're not gonna get blown out by Tampa. So it, it is what it is. Dallas is 5-1. and one. Dallas looks really good. They put up the most yards ever against Bill Belichick. I mean, if that's happening against Bill Belichick and you're putting up 560 or whatever you put up, I mean, the rest of the league is is on alert, man. That offense is – like, who do you even stop? Like, Wilson, he had a big game out of nowhere. Then Michael Gallup comes back. When he comes back, are you going to have five dudes to throw to? Like, Dak just looks amazing. I don't even know. This team is good, man.
0: The Dallas Cowboys are a very, very good football team, and the yeah. NFC is far more competitive than I think I initially thought, and I think a lot of people initially thought. I think we all thought the AFC was going to be the more competitive conference, but the NFC it just looks incredible. You got what four, five, and one teams, and you get the Cardinals sitting atop at top at six and zero. It's ridiculous. But the Dallas Cowboys were great in this game. But I, I gotta, I gotta start off by talking about Mac Jones. This was my first time watching him straight up and properly. And that throw to Kendrick Bourne late in the game was just incredible. The fact that you make a mistake, you come back out, you're at home, you you've played a fairly you paid a, you've played a pretty good game thus far. And then you need an opportunity to make a play, and Mac Jones does it in one play and drops a dime to Kendrick Bourne. I got to tell you, Mac Jones is a good damn quarterback. He's gotten some bad luck right now. He has gotten some bad luck. Like you guys have lost some games that y'all should have won, and I think that just comes with being a young football team. But I got to tell you, the talent is there, and Mac Jones looks very, very good. I was really impressed by him. But back to the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott looks fantastic. He looks like an MVP caliber player right now, and the weapons around him are just insane. When that O-line is intact, And you have a healthy Tyron Smith, you have a healthy Zach Martin, you have a healthy Connor Williams, it makes a massive difference. Pollard and Zeke are doing their thing. And you, like you talked about, that wide receiver corp is not, it's not even a trio, it's like there's like four or five of them, it's ridiculous. And they keep doing it. Respect to Kellen Moore in this offense, they're doing a hell of a job, and they are going to be really hard to stop. CeeDee Lamb was incredible 149 yards, two touchdowns. It was it was something else. And and luckily I think Dak hurt or strained his hamstring or something like that at the end of the game. But they got a bye week coming up, so he should be good to go after that. But man, what a game. The Dallas Cowboys, I mean, let's let's be real, I do want to ask you this. Are you are you kind of I know it's only week six, but you're like the Dallas Cowboys can be legitimate contenders or are you like I still can't take them seriously because of, you know, the Dallas Cowboys?
1: I it's the there's certain teams, like the Cowboys are one of them, the Raiders are one of them. That I even if they win the Super Bowl, I am not taking them seriously. Like it's like I just can't, dude. Like Stephen A. says it, man. Yo, when the pressure's on, it bursts pipes for the Dallas Cowboys. Like I just can't do it. I cannot do it. If they go whatever sixteen and one, I can't do it. Like I just can't. It's the Cowboys, bro. I I can't do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely it's only week six, right? I don't think it's fair to talk about you know contenders or whatever, but. I I've always been a Dak Prescott fan since you know since he came into the league. I know some people haven't been you know on him as much and you know think he he's all that, but the way he's come back from this ankle injury has been phenomenal. And um, I, I think this team is that good. But then when it comes down to it, you look at how competitive this NFC is; it's going to be an absolute gauntlet. So do I think they can do it? Absolutely, but it's still very very early in the season, and we got to see when they when they go up against some of the better teams in January. I think that's going to be. Really, the thing there, but Dallas looks I, they look really I good think heading by.
1: I do think they got a good shot at the one seed, though.
0: It's a anybody can get the one seed, the Cardinals. I mean, my lord, the Cardinals. No, 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 are no, no, seeing-
1: hold on, see, that's the thing. The West, I don't think anybody in the West can get a one seed. There's no way you're gonna get beat up. There's gonna be games where it's just like everybody's just gonna beat up on each other. The Cardinals or the Rams, I, I think the one seed's out. I think to me, the one seed's tamper Dallas.
0: I, no, I agreed, and no, that's what I'm trying to say is Arizona right now is 6-0, and they not only have to worry about, yeah, every team in the NFC West, but they're like, holy crap, there's like three other really good football teams coming for us for the number one seed. We can't lose a game. If they lose a game and they lose ground, they're not only going to lose ground in the division, but they're going to lose ground in the NFC. The NFC is just absolutely wild, man, absolutely wild. Um, elsewhere, speaking of those Arizona Cardinals, they demolished the Cleveland Browns, 37-4 fourteen. The Browns are just bruised and battered everywhere. Kareem Hunt went down with an injury. He's going to miss time. Baker Mayfield got injured. I don't know if he's going to miss time. I don't think he will, but he's clearly in pain. It is a mess for Cleveland. Arizona keeps it rolling even without Cliff Kingsbury there. Minnesota went into Carolina and went in overtime 34-28. Any takeaways from those two?
1: Yeah, I think it's the, the Panthers are done, man. I think uh, the first three weeks kind of got a little bit blinded by And it's just this is kind of more realistic for uh, for their standards. Minnesota, on the other hand, kind of they're kind of going in opposite directions. But uh, it's nothing too crazy. I feel like this is kind of what we set up initially. And then Arizona, man, like that was an impressive win. Like, I don't care who's not playing on the other side, who's hurt on the other side. Just if you're missing your coach and to ball out like that how much what was the final score they dropped 37?
0: 37 37 to 40
1: something that's ridiculous To drop 37 without your head coach is ridiculous like i don't even who do they got next week do we know they're on a oh, bye they,
0: oh, the, oh they oh they no they got the texans at home they're going to drop like 60
1: Sheesh, man they can uh, the cardinals man uh, that's the thing though you see you were just saying if they if they drop a game like let's say next week they or the week after they drop a game they could go from one to five, just because of how good the NFC is. You said how many teams are five and one, right? They could just drop all the way to five.
0: Uh, absolutely. I mean, it was the same thing. What two years ago, the Niners were sitting at ten and one on the number one seed. And remember, if they had lost to Seattle, they would have dropped to the five seed, and they were the undisputed number one seed for pretty much the entire way. That's just how how competitive the NFC the NFC is, and let alone the NFC West. It's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, Arizona. They don't have a choice. <laughs> like, if they want to keep, you know, doing this thing and, and play at home in, in January, they got to keep winning. But it's still early. We're not even like midway through. Well, we are midway through October, but a lot of football left. And I got to tell you, not this week. This week, they got the lousy Texans, but they got the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night, the week after. That is going to be a heck of a matchup. Definitely a playoff preview game right there for sure. Um, but yeah, so, some of the other score lines from. This weekend, the Raiders, after all the nonsense that happened this week, go into Denver and 134 24 I got to say, I was impressed. Yeah, I, did that not was think, impressive. I did not think with all the nonsense going on, I did not think they were going to have their head on right. And the fact that they were able to go out there and get a win against a divisional opponent on the road, I think it was very impressive on their part. Kansas City went into Washington and won 13 Everything about this game, and it, honestly, not even the actual football game. Just everything about this day in Washington was just an absolute cluster. And I, I honestly, I don't even want to waste time talking about it because it just makes me upset. But it was an absolute disaster in Washington. But the Kansas City Chiefs went in there, got a win. That's all it that matters for them. The Rams destroyed whatever was left of the New York Giants, 38 to 11. Matt Stafford just got everything that he wanted in that matchup. Indy demolished Houston, 31 to three. In Detroit, got creamed by Cincy 34 to 11. Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does against Chicago. He does own Chicago. Hate to break into Bears fans. That was sick. Yeah. Facts. 24-14 and then in London, Trevor Lawrence gets his first NFL win 23-20 over the Dolphins and then on Thursday night the Buccaneers beat the Eagles 28-22. And those ones any any thoughts anything on on any of those other score lines?
1: Didn't you think that KC score line was a little deceiving though? Like for the first a little bit of that game. It was kind of close. Like it was. I I checked the score. I wasn't watching that game, but I checked the score and it was like thirteen to ten or something. And I was yep. like, "Wait a second, yo!" Like, but you know, they they did their thing. They came back, and yeah, that there is a mess going on in Washington, and uh it's not worth talking about yet.
0: No, nope, not even worth it. We'll wait. I think yeah, let let's wait till some other ish comes out of there. But, and it will. You know. It
1: will. So we oh, got yeah. time for
0: that. Yeah, yeah. But the the whole Sean Taylor thing is just. Uh, I don't even want to t- I don't even want to talk about it. But as for that, I mean, is what it is there. But yeah, a lot a lot of great games there. Having said that, let's move over to week 7. And before we do that, let's take a look at the standings real quick as to where the speaking of as we're talking about the AFC and the NFC and we'll start with the NFC. So the Cowboys have full control of the NFC East. They're up 3 games. They're 5 and 1. Washington and Philly are both at 2 and 4 and the Giants are at 1 and 5. Take this in. I think it's for the last four years straight. The Giants have been two and four or one and five for the last four or five years straight. That's just horrible, absolutely dreadful. There, NFC North: Green Bay's five and one, Vikings and Bears three and three, Lions zero oh and six. Tampa in the NFC South five and one, Saints three and two, Panthers drop to three and three, Falcons two and three. And then in the NFC West, Cardinals and Rams sit at the top at six and zero oh and five and one. Niners and Seahawks at the bottom at two and three, two and four. So. It kind of seems like, to me, everyone has kind of separated themselves in the NFC, aside from maybe the Cardinals and Rams, atop the NFC West, but we'll see how things go within the next few weeks and see if anything changes there. As for the AFC, the AFC West is still, I mean, there's a lot to be sorted out there. Kansas City's 3-3, three and three, and they're still in last place. Chargers at the top, 4-2. and two. Raiders are also 4-2. and two. Denver, 3-3. Three and three. AFC South... Tennessee's got two games up on everybody else. They're four and two. Indies two and four. They look kind of good, but we'll see what they do. I mean, they beat a lousy Houston team, so I'm not taking too much into there. The AFC North is just ridiculous. Baltimore five and one. Cincy four and two. Pittsburgh and Cleveland at three and three. And then Buffalo has a pretty good hand or handle on the AFC East. So with that said, let's go to week seven. What are your game of the day and sneaky good game of the week?
1: This is not a good slate at all. I I feel like there's only two options here that we're both kind of looking at, right? Um, so my game of the day after what Tennessee did yesterday, it has to be KC Tennessee. Um, I still think KC, you know, they still they got to string some of these wins together now, right? You, what I said, it was kind of a close game at Washington for a little bit. They're still in last in the West. They got to come out and they got to win this game. Tennessee doesn't need this win as much. Right there in the lousy south. But KC, man, they gotta put on a show, and we're talking about defenses and how bad KC's defense was. Dream matchup against Derrick Henry. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, facts. I definitely agree with you. And that that is the direction I was gonna go in as well. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Ravens hosting the Bengals. I think this could be a really entertaining game. Or who am I kidding? We thought this was gonna be last week and the Ravens blew out the Chargers. So who knows what's going to happen in this game, but I think since he's playing good enough that they can make it a game, and I'll tell you what, if they go into Baltimore and they be Baltimore, since he's putting the league on notice, if that happens. but That's the that's,
1: first place in uh, the North on the line right there.
0: Absolutely. It's a big game there, and, and def- most definitely the biggest game since Zach Taylor has taken over as head coach. So big one there. Let's move on. Rapid fire picks. I went 10-4 and four last week. How'd you do?
1: You went ten and four. No, I went ten and four. I only want. I got eight right. So I think we're over the last couple of weeks are even now. I only got eight right.
0: Fairly even, yeah. No, you you had two on me last week. Yeah, yes, about that. So Thursday night football, the Browns are completely depleted. I mean, I don't think a Thursday night game could have came at a worse time for them. They will host the Denver Broncos on Thursday night. Who you got?
1: Man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cleveland, even though they're depleted. I think. Just Baker suiting up is super gutsy, and I think that inspires the team a little bit. I think Cleveland wins this one.
0: I can see it. I just think the Browns are just way too depleted. It's a short week. It's, you know, you're running. I don't even know if Nick Chubb's going to suit up. He's and not. They said he's out. He's uh, he's out. Kareem Hunt's out. I don't even know who the hell is going to be suiting up a running back. I'll take the Broncos 28-24 in that one. Carolina, they're struggling. They've lost three straight. They will go and take on another very str- or struggling team in the New York Giants.
1: Yeah, must needed win here for Carolina and they get the Giants. I don't think those guys are playing again, right? So, uh, I am going to take Carolina in this one,
0: barely though, 2117. I'm going to take the Panthers 2623. I think this matchup comes at a very, very good time for Carolina. They're struggling, they need a win, and the Giants just the Giants stink. I mean, there's nothing else better to to say than that. I do think Carolina is a I do I'm not I do think Carolina is still a good team, but I do think the 3 0 record was deceiving because they're still a very young team, right? Darnold has not really, you know, had the chance to, to win, right? He doesn't really know what it's like to win in this league. And I think that, that got a little exciting. I mean, McCaffrey's been hurt. They've dealt with some injuries. The defense will get healthier. I think the Panthers will be okay, but I don't think they're going to be amazing or anything later on in the year. Probably somewhere about just above the 500 record. Miami takes on Atlanta in another game of two depleted teams.
1: Yeah, Miami's got to get this one, though. At home, yeah, I think I'm going to take Miami here, 23-17.
0: Yeah, Miami is, I mean, they really fallen off a cliff thus far after the 10-6 season last year. They're 1-5. They need a win. They're at home. I'll take Miami, 27-23. Green Bay hosts Washington.
1: Green Bay goes up big, man. I feel like, don't you feel like Green Bay's, like, a little under the radar? They're 5-1 and one right now. I feel like they're going to make it 6-1 and, and kill Washington, 31-17.
0: I Oh, that's close to wide. I can take Green Bay 31-16 over Washington. And Green Bay, I I guess you could say, yes, they are under the radar just because of how many good teams there are. But for me, they're not under the radar. For me, Aaron Rodgers has ripped off five straight. This guy is doing whatever he wants to his opponents, man. He's getting late-game comebacks. He's throwing over 300 to 400 yards. He is doing whatever he wants. And that should be a very, very scary thing for NFC opponents. I think the Packers will roll over a struggling Washington team. Ravens, Bengals game we just talked about.
1: I'm gonna take the Bengals here, first place wow. in the North. Yep, I'm gonna take them off a field goal, thirty to
0: twenty-seven. Wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this is gonna be a close game as well. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all the, even Joe Mixon's having a great year. They're a fun offense to watch, and I think this is gonna be a tough game, but I think Baltimore's gonna edge them out. 33-30, gonna be a fun one. Patriots take on the Jets. I feel like this is just the game that Mac Jones and the Patriots just need after a couple really tough scrappy losses.
1: Absolutely needed, man. And they're gonna make this one interesting too. I wish they didn't, but it's just the way they're playing right now. They're gonna win this one 24 to 16.
0: I'm going to take the Patriots 26 to 14 in this one. I think the Patriots have played pretty well over the past few weeks. They're still a young team and the Jets are coming off a bye, but I think the Patriots will take care of business at home in this one. Kansas City Tennessee, another big one in the AFC.
1: Yeah, I'm just going strictly based off of KC needs this win more. So I'm going to take KC in a shootout here, 35 to 30.
0: Tennessee cannot win two big games in a row. That's just something that they just can't do. And again, that's just watching over Tennessee over the past two, three years. They're a good team. They're capable of it. Kansas City hasn't been all that great this year. If anything, if t- I'll say this. Tennessee wins this game. That's a statement. you beat Buffalo at home. Now you got the Kansas City Chiefs. Stick them below 500 again. Tennessee wins this game and they then they're was, 5
1: and 2. Oh my that's god. That's what I'm saying.
0: This is a big 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 statement game for the Titans prove people wrong because people like me, I don't believe in them winning two big games in a row. I just think the Titans are so hot and cold, that can't happen. I'm going to take the Chiefs 38-30. Rams will host the Lions. Stafford versus Goff. They will meet for the first time.
1: True. It's it's going to be Goff's homecoming. So not going to be emotional for Stafford, I don't think because it's in LA. So I think L.A. Like, uh, rolls them here. I think they win this one, 35-10. to 10.
0: As much I want to think that Dan Campbell's first win as a Lions head coach and Jared Goff going back and winning game, as as amazing as that sounds in my head, that's just way, way too good to be true. I think Stafford, yeah, if it was in Detroit, it definitely would have meant a lot more. Actually, I think if this game was in Detroit, I think it would have been a little bit closer because mm-hmm. the emotions are running and all that. But because it's in L.A., Rams going to take your best. Stafford's going to just want to smash these guys. I'll take the Rams 36-17. Eagles and the Raiders. This game could be
1: kind of interesting, man. I don't know. I'm going to take the Raiders here. Not dead yet. They win if they're 5-2. and two. Wow. I think the Raiders win this one, you know, 29-26.
0: This is, this is another big one for the Raiders, right? Second game without John Gruden. If they can win this game, it's a very winnable game. I do think this is definitely a little bit of a say, not a big statement, because even if Gruden was still coaching, we would have assumed that the we were just talking about this a few weeks ago that the Raiders have like a few easy games in a row. Having said that, I think the Eagles are gonna win this game 26-20. I just have a weird feeling about this one. And I don't know. I there's, there's something about me that something the Eagles are gonna are gonna go in and win this game. Cardinals Texans. Oh my God! I just I really 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 want to know what the what the line is for this game because this just seems like an absolute disaster. Guess
1: it. Take a guess.
0: Oh my God! Let's say Arizona I by think, like hold on, twenty. Hold
1: on. I, I think the lo- biggest line this year was Buffalo when they played Houston, and that was only like fourteen. So that was
0: fourteen. This one's got to be like at least twenty. Twenty. I'm going to say 20.
1: 17 and a half.
0: Oh, Lord. They say, oh, my God. You're taking man. the Cardinals
1: with the 17 and
0: a half? I was, oh, this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be an absolute blowout. I'm I'm going to take the Cardinals over the Texans 35 to 10. It's going to be a blowout. I think Kyler's going to do whatever he wants this game. It's going to be a really, another really tough day for Davis Mills on the Texans.
1: I'm even going to go crazier than that. I'm going 42 to 7 on this one.
0: Sheesh.
1: I mean, they put up 37 against the Browns?
0: Yeah, they're putting up 42 here. Yeah, this is this is honestly, I'm like, this is just a bad, bad draw for the Texans. And remember, remember you're saying earlier, you're like, oh, that the Texans could go four and twelve back at the beginning of the season. I'm like, nah, man. They're gonna have that fluke win against Jacksonville week one, and they're gonna lose like sixteen straight. But we'll see what happens there. Nah, you
1: you're dead on. That's definitely gonna happen too. Yeah, yeah, probably. I wish you could have bet that. That would have been.
0: oh yeah, uh, so, honest, honest. Buccaneers and the Bears.
1: Buccaneers and the Bears, I'm going Tampa, man. This this shouldn't be too close either. I think Tampa wins 35-20.
0: I'm going to take the Bucs 31-20. I don't know how this game is an America's Game of the Week on CBS, Nance and Romo. The Bears have been eh, not really great, but like mediocre at best. How they're playing in this slot just mind boggles me, but whatever. I'll take the Bucs in this one by 11. My Niners host the Colts on Sunday night.
1: This is an awful game, Sunday Night Football. Um, I'm gonna take your Niners in this one. Pretty, pretty ugly though, 24-17. But why? This this is not a Sunday Night game. I know you're a Niners fan, but come on.
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't flexed, right? You got the Colts coming in. I mean, they're two and four. Niners have lost three straight. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that it wasn't flexed. I'm not gonna lie. So I'm not gonna say that. Oh, the Niners. No, no, no. I, I totally agree with you in that regard. Same thing with the Steelers-Seahawks last week. I'm shocked that that wasn't moved either. But it ended up being a good game. And that's why I think this is going to be a good game too. Because primetime games have just been fantastic. I'm going to take the Niners 27-24. I would rather not have another close game. But you know what? I just need a win here. We've lost three in a row off a of bye. Garoppolo's coming back. I need yeah. a win here. Come on, boys. Let's get a dub. Seahawks-Saints on Monday night.
1: Seahawks and Saints on Monday night. Seahawks are playing two primetime games in a row. This is another, another three, game. That's...
0: Three primetime games in a row.
1: Oh, the Thursday one too, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that just makes me think they're not going to go 0-3 in these games. I think I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. Saints haven't been all that impressive, so I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one, 27-24.
0: I'm also going to take the Seahawks. and I just get a weird feeling with the Saints, but... And it's not like Geno Smith has been the Geno Smith of like, you know, the past. I think after a a few years of sitting by and Russell Wilson, he had to have learned something and he's playing decent. I'll take the Seahawks 26-23. So with that, that will wrap up week six of the NFL looking at the week seven should be a good one. I agree with you. Not the greatest slate of games, but we got basketball to talk about
1: let's do it man finally actually not even finally it felt like it was not not enough time to get ready for basketball season agreed um let's do this man let's get right into it we're gonna go over you know our preseason awards and our kind of our playoffs late who we think is going to make the playoffs we're going to go 10 teams go with the playing games as well but first let's get to you know the storylines around the league today ben simmons you know, they're forcing him to come to practice. I think it was yesterday where there was a team huddle and he got up and left before the the team huddle was even there, so he wasn't a part of that. Then today, Doc Rivers, you know, was asking him to hop into his drill and he refused. Doc Rivers ends up kicking him out of practice. It's just a mess going on in Philly, man. What do you do from here?
0: I have no idea what you do from here. And you know what? I'm gonna be quite honest with you. I think the Sixers kind of screwed themselves because Yep. There was no trade market for Ben Simmons whatsoever, and you could have easily shipped Ben Simmons out if you had just asked for like a second round pick or like you know. You could have got more than that. You could have got more than that. Could have maybe even a first. Just not asking for an. Your just don't ask for a star like a star. They were <laughs> dude. They were asking for way more than a star. They were asking for like four stars and a draft like. They were just asking for literally the world out of teams. And you have got to be absolutely insane. I know he's the number one pick and you picked him, but guess what? Some players that you pick number one, look at Markel Fultz. Like people have traded him around or whatever. You don't see teams asking for the, you know, five stars, you know, in return. Like it, things happen. Ben Simmons clearly did not pan out. He is a good defender and a horrible player on offense. I don't really know what to say any anymore about this, but it's just it's another distraction similar to what we talked about last week with Kyrie Irving. It's just a distraction. Philly's got to do something about it. The time is ticking. The season's starting. And this is the team that, quote unquote, wants to compete for a championship, which they should have done last year. And they didn't. They lost to Atlanta. So I don't know what the, I don't know. I don't know where you go from here for the Sixers. But I think that front office definitely did not put them in a good position by asking for everything in return for a guy who averaged like three points a game
1: just can't be good juju walking into the season like that man you got to be pissed off the way you performed and now we got to deal with all this bullshit all off season. gotta be tough to be a Sixers fan other piece of news that we want to get to before we get into our playoffs DeAndre Ayton who I thought had a crazy good playoff run last year definitely deserving of the max is not getting it there's a little bit of beef now between him and and, and Sarver. I don't know what's going on. He's going to be a restricted free agent next year, and I want the Celtics to jump all over on that. That's all I'm going to say. But it's interesting, man. I thought, you know, they paid Shamit. They paid Bridges. Not paying DeAndre Ayton. What, what do you make of that?
0: It's a It's a weird one for me because Phoenix is a young team that took a massive leap last year into the NBA finals and they got a lot of experience in that regard and I agree with you Deandre Ayton had a very very good playoffs like the Suns wouldn't have got where they were if it wasn't for everybody like everybody on their team stepped up in some way in some way shape or form throughout the postseason Deandre Ayton was consistent he played very well I think it got to the finals where the Bucks were just too much bigger and more physical, that it was tough for DeAndre Ayton to make an impact. But anything before that, he was playing very good. So I don't really understand why. Maybe the Suns just don't want to pay him that much. They don't think he's worked that much. Maybe they think he just had one fluke year. I don't really know what to make out of this for Phoenix. I But I do think that if DeAndre ends up being a free agent at some point in time, teams are going to jump on him because he played good. And guess what? If you're DeAndre Aiden and they don't want to give you a contract, ball out again this year and get paid somewhere else if Phoenix doesn't want you. Like, you have a year to prove it, right? Prove to Phoenix what you're worth and, and go from there. But it's, an, it's a weird one from Phoenix's standpoint if you're trying to get back to a championship. Maybe they don't think DeAndre Aiden's the answer at center. I don't know.
1: It's hey, a weird situation to me. All right, let's get into it. You want to start with the east or the west? Let's go east. Let's go East. All right. So I'm pretty sure me and you got the top two seeds here. Milwaukee and Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got Brooklyn being a one seed. Milwaukee being the two. I think it's really hard to repeat as the one seed, which is why I got Milwaukee at the two. I think Brooklyn will be fine regardless of the Kyrie mm-hmm. shit. I think if KD stays healthy, Harden gets his opportunity to actually be a gut because Kyrie's just a nuisance when he's in there. Right? And I think if Harden gets his time to shine properly, him and Katie are going to be fine, and they have a good supporting cast in Brooklyn. I'll take the Nets as the one seed, Bucks as the two.
1: I went the other way just because I feel like Brooklyn doesn't give a shit about the one seed; they don't care That's about the true. regular season. So I went Milwaukee one, Brooklyn two. After this is where it gets weird, though. I feel like these next, you know, four teams, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked in whatever order you have them. So the next four, not in, not in my order. You know Miami, Boston, Atlanta, and Philly. You have those next four.
0: Yep, I have those four exactly that, and I'll go ahead and give my order. I got the Miami Heat as the number three seed. I think that I do think Kyle Lowry going to Miami will make an impact. Eric Spolstra is one of the more experienced coaches in the league. I think they'll be a very good team in the playoffs. That's another story. I don't know how good they're going to fare in the playoffs. But in the regular season, I absolutely think they're a top-four team. I'll take them in as the three-seed with the experience. Number four, I got the Atlanta Hawks. I was just—honestly, the Hawks were really impressive in the playoffs. Now they got Nate McMillan since day one now. They got a young team. They are really, really fun to watch. Like, this young core could be good for the next, like, five, six years. They're that good. I like the Hawks at the four-seed. I like your Celtics at the five-seed. Five Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they can stay healthy. I like what the Celtics can do. I got them at five, and then I got Philly dropping all the way to six because if Joel Embiid can stay healthy, they're still a good team, but I don't think they're as good as they were a year ago at all. And now I got to deal with all this Ben Simmons BS, and I don't know how long that's going to take them into the season. So I got Heat, Hawks, Celtics, and Sixers.
1: All right, you call me a homer, but I got Boston as the three. And that's just because, I don't know, I just really believe in Yudoka this year. I'm hearing on and seeing all the right things from the offseason kind of think Tatum's going to be top five MVP player this year. Yeah, for sure. You can't be top five MVP if you're not a top three seed. So that's the way I'm going. Miami, I got at the four. I kind of go in the opposite way, man. I feel like they don't care about the regular season as much as they do as a playoffs because, you know, these guys are older. Lowry, Jimmy Butler, you know, got bumps and bruises all over the place. They're just a bunch of grinders. I feel like Spolster's going to kind of manage them in a way where they get enough rest, you know, sacrifice a seed or two just so they're ready for the playoffs because these guys are a little bit older. You know, they got PJ Tucker yep. there too. Markeith Morris is there like, you know, so, I, and then I, my, my, after that I got Atlanta, I think Philly, I mean, Atlanta's kind of going to take half a step backwards. You know, I think they overachieved last, last year. Um, I want to see how Trey Young adjust, adjust to these, this new refing style, this new rule. I don't know. I'm taking, I'm, I'm predicting just a minor step back, nothing too crazy. I don't think they'll replicate the year they had last year. Just, just a feeling, and I'm with you. Philly at the seven. Can't trust it. And then the playing games, the last four teams for the play-ins, I got, I got Indiana. I feel like a lot of people don't have Indiana, but I feel like just getting rid of Bjorkin and upgrading to Carlisle is worth enough games. I got Chicago at the eight. I know a lot of people have been hyping up Chicago in the off season. Don't really buy it. Don't see a fit there. So I got Indiana, Chicago. I got Charlotte at the nine. You know, kind of a big year for LaMelo. And I love Borrego. And then at the 10, I got Toronto. I think Toronto is going to be a real scrappy team. Talent's not quite there, but they're going to play hard. And playing hard gets you 20 wins in this league, an
0: extra 20 wins in this league. Absolutely. I think health is wealth when it comes to these. Wow. So you got the Knicks dropping out of the playoffs, eh? Shoot,
1: I didn't even realize that.
0: Well, I mean, that's – the East is – I mean, I got The East, I'm...
1: yeah. You know what? The first 11 teams in the East are, are pretty rare. I don't even know where I'd stick New York in. Anyways, you go ahead. You got New York
0: in the play. The, no, I, I, got, I got the Knicks in the play, and I had them dropping down. I think that they will build off of what they had last year, but I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. But I got them in, in the play-in. I got Chicago in the play-in as well, I think, with DeMar there. Levine's gonna keep doing his thing. They brought in um, what's it Caruso from the Lakers. I think the Bulls will be nice. And I've always liked Billy Donovan. So I, I like think Chicago will be in there too. Indiana, I totally agree with you. Rick Carlisle going into Indiana. It's the same thing. If they can stay healthy, I like what they can do. And then I got I got my Raptors in there as well. I think here's my thing for the Raps. If they could stay healthy, I think that was their problem last year. If they were healthy, they easily would have been in the play in tournament. I think they could definitely get there as long as they're healthy. If they're not healthy, then they're not going to make the playoffs. But if they're healthy, I think they're they're, they're good enough. The culture is there with Freddie. If whenever Siakam decides to come back, if OG takes the leap. A lot of things have to happen. If Scotty Barnes has a great year, right? If Scotty Barnes has an on and off, you know, kind of night here and there, then maybe we're not as good. But if Scotty Barnes has a breakout rookie campaign, that could make a big difference for this Raptors team. But I do think I trust Nick Nurse and this coaching staff that will be in the thick of things Come playoff time,
1: yeah, I definitely agree. Playing hard, you're at home now. You know that's probably going to be worth at least ten wins, right there. I think they can make some noise. West side, this is kind of awkward. This is really weird. So there's not a clear cut top two to me. Is there to you? Straight off the bat,
0: uh, honest to God, there could be like seven teams. Yeah, that okay, could be we on the same. Two. Okay,
1: we on the same. So I'm going with the Lakers at the one. Normally, I wouldn't go with a, a LeBron team at the one, but I think the, the Westbrook, this is where the Westbrook trade kind of pays off because he's not going to take any games off. He's going balls to the wall. So I'm going Westbrook at the one, or sorry, the Lakers at the one seed. I'm going to go Phoenix at the two seed. I don't really think that last year was a fluke. Um, I think they're going to be right there. DeAndre Ayton's going to have a big year just to prove it. Utah at the three, you know, just playing, playing together for so long just going to win enough games. I'm actually going to go Golden State at the four, just because I don't know when Clay Thompson's going back, you know, if he's going to be right right away healthy, and mind you, last year they were just garbage, right? So I couldn't have them any higher than four. Um, five, Dallas, My, a lot of people saying Luka, MVP, I think five is a good enough spot. Denver at the six, same thing, we don't know where Jamal Murray's coming back. I trust Jokic to get a playoff spot just by himself, but MPJ might take a step, Portland at the 7, and then the Clippers at the 8.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that could definitely happen. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I I honestly was going to put Denver at the 1 seed, but the thing is I completely forgot about Jamal Murray. So otherwise, I thought they were going to be... I, I thought if Jamal Murray was healthy, I thought they would be the 1 seed, but I don't know when exactly he will be back. Now, obviously, he got hurt near the end of the year, so he's going to miss, I'm assuming, what, up until late December, January, or earlier?
1: No, no, no. I think he's further than that, man. I feel like he's, like, at least January. At least into the new year.
0: Okay, all right. Well, on that note, I, I don't think they'll be the one seed, but I think they'll be up there. So, I'm going to say one seed. Listen, I don't think the Lakers are going to be the one seed. I, for some weird reason, the, nobody thought Utah was going to be the one seed last year. I'm going to say the Dallas Mavericks are going to be the number one seed. Wow. Do I do I think they're going to, to make it like, to the conference finals or anything? No. The Utah Jazz did not. But I'm just saying, this 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 kind of random stuff usually happens where a random team ends up being the top seed in the West. That's the only reason why I got Dallas at number one. Well, if they're the
1: one seed, Luka's got to be MVP, probably. He right? has
0: to be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Jokic was MVP last year, right? So I got to I got to say, I'll say Dallas one, LA two. I'll move Denver down to four, and I'll put Phoenix at three. I think the Suns will be fine. I think they'll take a small step, but the you know everything will still be there. So I got Phoenix at three, Denver at four, Utah at five, Golden State at six. If Klay Thompson comes back healthy and everything goes to plan, I like them at six. Clippers seven, Trailblazers eight, Grizzlies nine, Pelicans ten.
1: So to play in, i I got yeah, I got the same. I got Memphis and. The Pelicans, uh, we're just waiting on this Zion year. Um, the this the weird thing about the West though is, you have Jamal Murray second option on his team out for majority of the year. You have Clay Thompson second option on his team out for a good chunk of the year. Kawhi Leonard first option on his team out for pretty much the whole year. I don't expect him to play. That's three teams that are like immediately out of the conversation almost.
0: Yeah, no, basically, right. It's it, at the end of the day, it all comes down to injuries, right? Like I'm saying, I think Denver is a championship contender if Jamal Murray is healthy. He's not healthy right now, so I don't know what to say. If Klay Thompson's healthy, we all know what the Golden State Warriors can do, right? But he's not healthy. Same thing with Kawhi Leonard. It's a. It's all about health at the end of the day when it comes down to these teams. But the West is, I mean, any of these teams could end up anywhere. I mean, for God's sakes, no, look at that. Look at the Lakers. The Lakers are easily... right every Anytime we got LeBron and AD there, we're thinking they're going to be the one or the two seed every single year. They dropped all the way down to the seven. Why? Because they weren't healthy. Is it... Is it what
1: conference do you think is better, real quick?
0: I, I, I think the West is still better. I think, I think the, the East yeah. is younger and the future is set up more. I think the West has definitely a lot more of the stars and the veterans who are older. So I'll say that, but I think the West is still the better conference.
1: I was just going to say, I think the West has more teams that can win a championship. Yes. The East has more, you know, like less shittier teams, if if
0: that makes sense. You know what they, I mean? They have young talent that I think will be good for years to come, but they're not quite there yet. right? You know, when we're talking about championships winning now, right? You got Brooklyn, I only see two teams, yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, maybe Miami. I think I think Miami's kind of a wait-and-see team. I got to wait and see how they gel together, how they play together, and then we'll see where they're at. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, for sure. And then we'll see where everybody else is at. But the West, you're like, like I said, Jamal Murray's healthy, Denver. The Lakers, everybody's already penciling them in, in, in to make the title. Phoenix was just there. Klay Thompson comes back for Golden State. All of a sudden, they're a wild card. If Utah is healthy, they were the number one seed last year. Like, they were, Kawhi comes back for the Clippers. Who knows what they're going to be the West is like anybody. I was I I had a hard time putting Memphis somewhere. I'm like, I gotta put them at the ninety, but they were the ninety last year. I'm like Memphis, Memphis was really, really good last year.
1: Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, there's a big year for John. They move up. But um maybe that's the case for Boston Proof. Who knows? All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the uh the season awards, preseason predictions. Let's start with MVP. Um A lot of people, I think Luka's the favorite right now. I'm going to go with KD, though. I think, you know, no Kyrie, a little bit more touches for KD. And the fact that KD's only won one MVP compared to, you know, Giannis, who's won a few, LeBron's won a few. I feel like, you know, the voters kind of owe KD one. Like, they're just way too good to only have one MVP. So I'm going to go KD here.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good one, honestly. I think KD will thrive again. If he's healthy, I think that he will have that year. I mean, I, I don't want to pick the obvious one here, but yeah, I, I am going to say Luca. I think under Jason Kidd coming in, I think this is, this offense and this team is going to revolve a lot more around him. He's going to do his thing. I'll, I don't know what Dallas is going to do this year, if they're going to be as good as they were last year or not. I mean, they can't get out of the first round, but Luca is just insane. So I, I'm going to say he wins MVP. So
1: if they're the one seed, Luca's winning MVP, I'm guessing you got Kidd for coach of the year too then?
0: I actually don't. Okay,
1: so coach of the year, I got two candidates. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go Udoka here because I think if they're a the three seed, that's a that's a lot of noise. And I don't think Budenholzer or you know Vogel or any of those guys that have already gotten it would get it. So I'm gonna go Udoka here, kind of a dark horse, and then even darker horse. I'm gonna go Rick Carlisle. I I could see a world in where Indiana's like a four seed, and I yep. think going from a ten to a four with the exact same roster pretty much, definitely will get some buzz.
0: No, absolutely. And the Pacers have a lot of young talent as well. And I think that Rick Carlisle, being the coach that he is, could definitely make some noise. Um, there is a lot. I like Udoka in Boston as well. I think if, all, if everything goes well for your Celtics this year, they could most he could most definitely win coach of the year. I'm going to say two guys here, and I'm going to say both in the East. Look, Nate McMillan, if he was there all year last year, he should have won last year. He was okay. that good. I'm going to say him. And if everything goes well in Chicago, a team who hasn't been good since Tibbs was there, and really that's been it, at least in our modern era, since Jordan left, Billy Donovan. This guy has done a lot of great things, especially in college. He came to the NBA, hasn't had the greatest luck. He's got some talent there. If he can do some good things with Chicago, and I'm talking maybe top six, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe, maybe not. Depends on how good they are. I'll put Billy Donovan's name in that conversation if if he can get Chicago back to winning basketball, which hasn't happened in a pretty long time.
1: i um, okay. I don't know. I mean, you got to you got to have a pretty good record to win Coach of the Year. Chicago, like, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, I, yeah. Yeah, Chicago, that's what I'm I got saying. It's gonna be tough for that. Rookie no, no. The if they year, were like,
0: if they're like eight or nine or anything like, that's what I'm saying. You got to yeah, be yeah, top yeah. five, top six.
1: Yeah. All right. Rookie of the Year. This this is gonna be fun. I got. I got a super dark horse right here. I got two two picks and I'm going to go Cam Thomas is my rookie of the year. Wow. Yep. And I'm just going to go I I told you I said we've been we did a hell of a lot of draft content. I kept saying, yo, Cam Thomas, I love Brooklyn's draft. They got Cam Thomas, they got Daron Sharp. Love it. Cam Thomas, now there's no Kyrie oh, my God, Cam Thomas is going to get buckets on this team. And the team is going to be in the national light. They're going to be winning. It's not like Jalen Green's getting buckets. And nobody cares if you get buckets in Houston. If you get buckets on Brooklyn and you're the one or two seed, yeah, now we're talking. I also have – so that's my pick. I'm going Cam Thomas. My dark course, which is really not as crazy as this one, is Davion Mitchell. And I think if Sacramento squeaks into like an eight seed, or, you know, in the playoff games, it'll be because of Davion Mitchell's, you know, just winning mentality, what he brings to the table, and the influence he has on that squad. So those are my two. I'm going Cam Thomas rookie of the year.
0: Damn, you went, yeah, you went deep into that. And yeah, you've been high on Davion Mitchell all off season long. But I, I do think this draft class, like we've been talking about, has just been so good that it, it could be anyone, someone like Cam Thomas who got picked in the late first round. It could be anybody, but... <clears throat> And it's funny that you mentioned Jalen Green because that's kind of exactly where I was going. And the only reason why I'm going to say this is because he's going to win Rookie of the Year for only one reason. The Rockets are going to suck. That Mm -hmm. I don't think is a, you know, not a surprise or anything. But if Jalen Green goes out and puts on highlight reels every day, dropping points, you know, 30-point nights every once in a while, and starts putting the the league on notice, I think Jalen Green could win Rookie of the Year. It's kind of out of nowhere. I don't know much about him, to be honest. I'm going to find out. We're all going to find out a lot about him and what he's got. He could be a complete, you know, flop or he could be really, really good. It really depends on what the ceiling could be. But if those things happen and he's putting on a clinic every night, Jalen Green could win rookie of the year.
1: I mean, it's... Nobody really... We just, Nobody still knows not enough about him. man. went to the G League. I mean, can only know so much from there. All right, let's get to uh, defensive player of the year. I mean, to me... I don't think they can give the award to Rudy Gobert anymore after the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can give the award anymore to Ben Simmons and Giannis already has one. So to me, I'm, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis here. I think the Lakers one. are the one seed. It is going to be because Anthony Davis is playing games, playing every single game. And uh, we saw how good defensively they were when he was healthy.
0: Yeah, no. If Anthony Davis stays healthy, that could most definitely be why. That's
1: the, that's the biggest if, though, man. This dude is just.
0: Yeah, guy can't stay healthy for crap. But, I I mean, I I don't really know. Who to choose. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. I mean, it feels like he's in the conversation every year. I literally just put down Giannis down. Honestly, I couldn't think of him. It's usually the same guys in the conversation every other year. So, mm-hmm. if I thought of someone else, I probably would have thrown someone else on there. But I couldn't really think of many guys out there. So, I just threw Giannis
1: in there. All right, we got two more. Let's go six men of the year. With the addition of Kemba in New York, I think Derek Rose is coming off the bench. And we saw how good he was off the bench in that role last year. So I think that has major potential. And I'm also going to go Dennis Schroeder. So those are my two picks. I think both of them could be starters somewhere in the league. Both of them coming off the bench. Um, six man is a weird one, though. We don't really know who's even in the conversation until like halfway through the year.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It, both are very odd. I was going to go D-Rose as well with the, with the Knicks. Schroeder's a good one because I, I completely forgot. I didn't even realize he was on Boston. I was an under-the-radar signing by you guys. But yeah, Derrick Rose, this could be a, you know, a big year for New York if they're able to keep things afloat. Um, but Sixth Man, it's always someone who kind of comes out of nowhere and someone who comes from a team that's doing really well but nobody really knows about. Like Jordan Clarkson, right? nobody really paid attention to the Utah Jazz a lot. They skyrocketed all the way to first place, and he had a big year because of that. So I'll, I'll go and say D-Rose in this one, but it really depends on what happens and what happens else around the league. Uh, most improved, who you got?
1: Man, it's this is a three-way race to me. I'm going either Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, or Michael Porter Jr. I'm going to go Michael Porter Jr. Um, just because I think Jamal Murray's going to be out most of the year. They're going to need a second option, and he's going to average... You know, 20 points a game, 20-something points a game. So I'm going to go MPJ here just because of the volume he's going to get.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good one, especially with Jamal Murray out, at least for a little bit. We don't know how much time he's going to miss. Michael Porter Jr. can most definitely be a guy to come in and be that guy. I'm going to be the homer with this one. I'm going to pick OGN and OB. Listen, he's not the young guy anymore. This, he is now a part of this core to try and help this team win. This is a big year for OG. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. Half of our fan base is already skeptical as hell of Pascal Siakam. He's going to be out for some time. OG's got to come out swinging. I hope he does because we're going to need him to have a big year. The rest of our team's pretty young. So if he can stay healthy, I think he has a chance to do in this will we'll See what happens.
1: All right, man. Let's do it. Game start today. I'm excited. Any takeaways before we wrap it up?
0: Man, I, I'm just looking forward to this, man. You got football and basketball going on. MLB playoffs in the thick of things. A lot of things going mm-hmm. on. Fun stuff. It'll be entertaining. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to be honest. I know it's only opening night. I'm more excited to go and watch Chuck and Shaq and Kenny and EJ. I'm yeah. not gonna, I, I miss the hell out of those guys, man. I'm more excited to go and watch those guys instead of the actual games. But um, I think I am. I don't, I don't know how long I'm going to manage to stay up for that Laker game. But I am, I am a little intrigued to watch this new-look Lakers team. And like I mentioned at the top of the episode, just looking, I, I saw a meme on like Instagram or Facebook or something like that, where they posted a picture of all the guys on the Laker team right now in like 2010. Mm-hmm. And That's you
1: had like, like we well, you know when you go too far in my career and all these guys just end up on the Lakers.
0: Literally, honestly. And that's what I'm saying. It looked like the 2010 all-star team is what the 2021 Los Angeles Lakers are now today. I'm looking forward to how, to, uh, to how they look and, and how they go against Steph and the Warriors. Um, I think they'll be a good game.
1: Definitely, man. All right, so that'll wrap it up for this episode. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and we'll see you all next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Baller Island. We got a lot more content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.